Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey everybody, let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. You'll never believe it. I mean, I hardly could. Kohl's has epic deals right now, and they're going to make for an epic 4th of July. I got the cutest $6.99 Americana tees, $19.99 tech gear shorts for me, and Toastmaster kitchen gadgets for less than $10. I even got Kohl's cash and picked up my order in less than an hour. So yeah, cue the fireworks, because these savings are definitely worth celebrating. Select style sale ends July 4th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the main event, Mark's Podcast, now on the Unhinged Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan and cat dad, Troy, and with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Kid Romeo to my Elix skipper. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? You are not cool enough to pull off either one of those guys. Well, I went with Kid Romeo for you because isn't he Hispanic? Yeah. So there you go. And so you're black? <laughs> well, moving I mean, on. there's anything wrong with that. It's just that's <laughs> what you you opened the door on it. <laughs> I did. I know. Immediately regret. <laughs> I like you, Skipper. It's, I did too. Like, that yeah. was a huge misboat in in TNA. I'm not gonna say WCW. He wasn't there. They weren't around long enough with him. So what are you talking uh, about, man? He was Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> 
as was another guy on this show who was not Canadian. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't get that with like at least in TNA, Team Canada made sense. Like everybody on Team Canada was Canadian. So what the hell with WCW, man? It was like because well, it's a well-known fact. You throw the throw the maple leaf on somebody, they become Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, they they had Lance Storm. He's like, you know, when you knight people like in England, it's like, well, now you're a knight. Like, did he just like honorary like Canadian knight them? He was the Canadian. Is the Canadian? Yeah. Well, we're and uh, you know something else, ladies and gentlemen. Last week we covered, or I'm sorry, two weeks ago we covered a show with Elix Skipper on it, and now he's on this show. So we're getting a lot of prime time in, baby. He built this podcast. <laughs> But today, man, I thought I was going to be a little smart ass and book the show because I was like, WCW greed, whatever. I was really shocked with the quality of the show. Like without getting into my, you know, deep opinions on anything, like I'm just going to say I was shocked at the good quality of the show because I honestly expected it to be garbage. It was exactly 20 years ago today that or well, not today, but this month, <laughs> exactly 20 years ago. And uh, did did you watch this one live when it went down? I did, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, when when you tuned in, when you ordered the pay-per-view, were you thinking this is going to be the last WCW pay-per-view? No. No, I didn't. But I feel like we all knew it was on his deathbed. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't watching WCW at all during this time, so I had no idea. I had tuned out of WCW like a I think a year before this, I really hadn't paid attention. So I was oblivious to any of this stuff going on. I wasn't paying attention to that, that, you know, they were on their deathbed. Uh, but you know, I, I kind of wish I would have watched more during this time. Cause I feel like, I feel like the sad part was WCW was starting to pick up some steam at this point, as far as like quality. I mean, am I wrong? No, but all the idiots were gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Were they back to, I think they were back to Kevin Sullivan booking. <laughs> Oh, we got to book heat, brother. But yeah. So anyway, we're going to get into the quality of the show and just all the all the matches and everything and kind of the sad demise of the company. And obviously, we're going to talk about that in the news and notes. But there are actually other stories to cover. So uh, I, I thought this was going to be a one story show, but nope, there's uh, there's quite a bit here to get into. But we'll dive into all of that on the other side of this break. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! Absolutely stunned! 
the been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back for the news and notes. But before we get started here... Uh, I want to let everybody know that we are sponsored by Fubo TV and Fanatics. If you're a real sports fan, you're going to want to click on the Fanatics link down below. Greg is a shopper of theirs. He can attest to their quality. And I know you were telling me a couple of weeks ago, it's not just jerseys and stuff. I mean, like, uh, I, I haven't really done a deep dive into their, their stuff. What, what, what can you really tell us about, like, what they offer? Shirts, hats, workout equipment, masks, you know. The usual stuff. Ah, nice. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, right now is big sports time. We got NBA, MLB coming up, uh, hockey. I mean, a lot, a lot of stuff going on. So, and, and, you know, the NFL stuff is probably on sale at this point. So it's a good time to dive in there and get all your stuff. Uh, I think soccer is still going on, NASCAR. So go check all yeah. that out. Well, then on Fubo TV, they're not just sports, although they do have a lot of sports, a lot of on-demand sports. They do offer over 100 channels. Uh, depending on what region you're in, in my region, they offer over 200 channels. So, and it's a very reasonable price. I mean, they they can at least match whatever, uh, you know, because right now I run with Spectrum, and they match Spectrum. I'm actually thinking about switching here um, if, you know, the prices end up going up for Spectrum. So check them out. They got a lot of good stuff and everything. Like I said, it's on demand, and you get cloud DVR. Uh, getting into the actual news here, this first one, is kind of wrestling related, uh, but I threw it on there because I I remember this story because it was such a huge thing in the news at this time. You'll have to tell me because you're a little bit older than me, so you might have been more plugged into the news at this time than I was. Lionel Tate was sentenced to life in prison without parole. Tate was a 12-year-old kid. Oh, but, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> yeah, he was 12 years old, and he ended up killing his six-year-old sister, and he tried to blame it on a wrestling move that had gone wrong. But the girl's injuries did not match up with the story that he told, and it was reported that she had sustained a prolonged beating that left her with multiple internal injuries that could not be explained by a kid just doing wrestling moves. Tate was only 12 at the time of the murders, and he had just turned 14 recently, and there's been a lot of national controversy over the uh, handing down of a life sentence with no parole to someone so young. I guess... From what I took, because I learned most of the secondhand, uh, you know, through like, you know, retrospective stories or my parents kind of, you know, talking about it. I just remember this kid was like so remorseless. And I, I think when they gave him the life sentence, even he was kind of like, whatever. So I yeah, think that's like, oh, the, I'll be out. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the whole thing uh, with, with that. Why they were like life sentence, no parole. Get the F out. Uh, but the case made, made headlines early uh, early on when Tate's lawyers tried to get The Rock, Hulk Hogan, and Sting to testify. Uh, and then the PTC used the Tate case as ammunition in their war with the WWF. In response, the WWF later sued the PTC and Tate's lawyer. The lawsuit is still pending at the time of this event. Oh, man. Another example of only – it could only be WWE, right? Yeah, I know, right? Well, the PTC, it seemed like they only came after the WWE. 
I mean, other people came after the WCW, yeah, like, uh, oh, I can't remember what that TSN or whatever the hell up in Canada uh, went after them and whatever. But most of the time it was WWF. I don't get it. And I know they were. One. Yeah. And I know at this time they were well far ahead in the ratings and they were the big dogs in every sense of the word. Uh, it just like, yeah, like it, you and I always joke about that. It seemed like WCW skated by with a lot of stuff, steroids included. Uh, but uh, something that uh, is equally, well, it's not equally messed up, but it's, uh, yeah, anyway, an Insane Clown Posse show. That can't show. be a good, that can't be good. That's a horrible lead-in. <laughs> An Insane Clown Posse show was recently canceled after a bomb threat led to a mini-riot in Shepherds, Shepherdsville, Kentucky. Some religious group was protesting the show, and after the bomb threat led to the show being canceled, ICP fans began to riot and caused a bunch of damage. It took more than 50 police officers and a bunch of tear gas to clear the area. Vampiro was also at the show. First of all, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just laughing at there was an ICP show in Kentucky. That's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> like what the hell? <laughs> I mean, I live in the I live in the Dayton area in Ohio, and they're I mean, they can draw a pretty good crowd in Dayton and Cincinnati. But yeah, like, I first of all, I have no idea where Shepherdsville, Kentucky is. I assume it's like mid Kentucky. I don't know, but yeah, it kind of shocks me that in Kentucky does, does Kentucky connect to Michigan? Uh, no, I, I can't do uh geography in my head this early. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, I, I'm just like, that might make some sense, but no, no, it'd be Kentu- indie, right? Yeah. Kentucky, uh, connect if it depends on what part of Kentucky, if you go North, uh, it, it either connects to Ohio or Indiana. Cause when I think uh, of ICP, but, man, I think of Kentucky. I know. And a riot, like good grief. So they cancel a show because of a bomb threat and the people get mad that they were, you know, the authorities were worried about their safety. Like, I get being upset that the show was seen. Screw it, I want to die if I seeing ICP. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, and I'm not getting off on a political political thing here, but, like, when uh, when the lockdowns were still happening and, and Fozzie did that show at, at uh, Sturgis, people commented, they were like, so people are literally saying I'm, like, I would die to see Fozzie right now. And oh, Smash yeah, Mouth. Jer- Jericho did. Yeah, and and, uh, and and Smash Mouth was at the show. So, like, somebody literally said, man, I, I would put myself in mortal danger to see Smash Mouth perform live in 2020. <laughs> <sighs> man, there you go. But speaking of protests, a national restaurant chain, which Uncle Dave Meltzer spe- oh, was God. Specific- he was specifically asked not to name but he says that they're a well-known uh, chain with hundreds of locations in the U.S. is no longer airing Raw at their locations. Apparently, they always aired Raw every Monday night, but <laughs> on the week that with the Trish Stratus and Vince McMahon segment where Trish had to bark like a dog and all that, uh, the patrons at the restaurant complained, and they said it was basically the same as showing pornography. So the chain has made the decision to no longer show Raw on the TVs in any of its locations nationwide. Uh, I mean, I will say if if you're going to I don't know what the restaurant was. All right. I'm going to say hundreds. So it's not like a huge one because you said hundreds, right? Yeah. So, I mean, thousands is would be like. Yeah, well, I was fast food chain. So I went straight to Buffalo Wild Wings. Were they even a thing back then? Uh, I believe so. 
but I mean, if that is it and you're going to like, you know, because some people take their families there, I can get, you know, somebody sees that and they're like, what the hell is on the TV right now? And that segment was effed up by all standards. Hey, man, come on. You can save little Jimmy some sex education classes, dude. Yeah. Somebody somebody asked uh, – I'd seen somebody asked uh, somebody that grew up in the Vegas area. They were like, so how does your dad have the birds and the bees talk with you when you're driving down the road and you just see boobs on a billboard? And he's like, well, that made it a lot easier. <laughs> That's where milk comes from. <laughs> My God. Uh B-dubs, by the way, was founded in 1982, so in Columbus, Ohio. So you go. we are to blame for B-dubs. You're welcome. <laughs> didn't we eat at one in Columbus? Not no, Columbus. We? we did. Oh, yeah. New York. Uh, no, we have one Cleveland. in Yeah, Cleveland. Okay. Right down, uh, right before the uh, fast lane. Yeah. Uh, and then we also had one in Chicago, you and I believe, too, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Jerry Lawler wrote a long blog post on his website to talk about his leaving WWF. He said that if you want to know how many real friends you have at work, lose your job and see who reaches out. He said that since walking out, he's only heard from a few people, including Jim Ross, Terry Reynolds, Michael Cole, Steve Lombardi, a.k.a. Uh, Brooklyn Brawler. Uh, Brooklyn effing Brawler. <laughs> Abe Knuckleball Schwartz, whatever. Uh, Harvey Whippleman. And to Lawler's admitted surprise... Shawn Michaels. He wasn't even back yet. Uh, yeah, I, don't know, I guess I guess he heard about it through the grapevine. But uh, if, for people that don't remember, I guess they let WWF, that is, they let the cat go. Uh, what was her name? Stacey Carter, whatever. They let her go. Uh, King got pissed off, so he also quit. And it was a big thing. And yeah, I don't know. Who did they replace him with on the commentary table? I forget. Paul him. Was, was it? Okay. I knew Paul was... Look, I, I love King, but that was a huge upgrade, if you ask me. Sorry. But. Yeah, King was starting to go a little downhill at this point. And, yeah, Paul Heyman is... Dude, that team of him and JR is so underrated. I know. Think about back in WCW, when he was Pauly Dangerously. That was a great team. You, I was just thinking about that yesterday. I'm like, man, I forgot just how great that was, and no one ever talks about it. You ever think in the early 90s, they're sitting there calling these shows where, like, they can barely draw a crowd, and Jim Hurd's running the running the show, or Bill Watts, or whatever the hell, and, you know, they're so like... So it's racist? Gonna be, okay, got it. Good grief. And they're like, we're going to be calling WrestleMania together someday. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have ever thought that. Yeah. Uh, but here's some somewhat outside of wrestling news, but it's related. Uh, there's good news for XFL ratings. The first XFL that went under, not the second XFL that went under. Uh, the Saturday night that game. That second on, one's not fair because that was not their fault. No, it was not. It just, yeah. I didn't watch it, so I have no reason to defend it. I'm just saying it was I not heard, their fault this time. I heard the ratings weren't amazing, but I heard, that, you know, they actually played good football this time. Like, I heard some really good things about some of their games. Then again, they said there were, you know, there were a lot of games that were just like, you know, one-sided ass whoopings and it was like not even fun to watch but on the on the flip side they say when the good teams did face off it was always a damn good game but i don't know maybe the rock and his uh go figure i mean that's how football should be i can't believe it i am so shocked yeah (laughs) and uh you know the uh maybe maybe the rock and his benefactors can uh, breathe some more life into it you know when all this lockdown stuff is done 
But anyway, uh, the Saturday night game on NBC actually increased slightly over the previous week's numbers. It was still one of the fifth or sixth lowest rated shows ever in the history of the of network primetime television, but still better than last week. <clears throat> so I'm going to whip out your old um, cleanest pigsty comment. <laughs> Basically, they did every uh, trick in the freaking book with this thing. Yeah, ah, man, I, I just love that. If anybody has not watched the 30 for 30 on ESPN. Oh, it's so great. Dick Ebersol was involved with that, right? He's on it, yeah. Right, him, okay, him and yeah. Vince McMahon are, like, hosting it. Yeah, so, hey, Dick was everywhere, man. It's on It's on, it's on. ESPN+, Plus. so everyone check it out. Yeah, uh, this there was so much. Uh, Bruce Pritchard did a something to wrestle with uh, on the XFL, and he kind of talks about all the crazy behind-the-scenes stuff that went on there that he had to deal with because he said, I was told... And other people on the WWE side that dealt with wrestling were told, hey, you're wrestling. We, you know, you're not going to be doing football. He said, next thing I know, we're being yanked in and forced to do football. And he said, I couldn't give a crap less about football. So I guess Jr. was tickled because he just he always wanted to call football. But Bombers here. <laughs> the home of Johnny Manziel. You should like them. Oh, hell no. All right, getting into the WCW side of everything here, sort of. Uh, Scott Hall headlined New Japan Pro Wrestling's 30th anniversary show in a tag match. Hall looked to be in good shape for a 42-year-old guy, a little pudgier than usual, but in far better shape than most 42-year-olds. <laughs> okay. And then AJ Styles says, hold my beer. Right. I'll never, ever, for the rest of my life, forget when I was watching... Uh, I can't remember what T. Do you remember what TNA pay per view it was? <laughs> Clearly, it was like, you won't forget. <laughs> well, no, I remember the moment. I don't remember the pay per view. It was Team 3D versus Scott Hall and Sean Waltman. Do you remember? Uh, the- might have been Genesis. Yeah, something like that. I, I that sounds right. But they were brawling around, and like Scott Hall, he said in like a build up promo, he was like, "You'll know me. I'll be the one wearing. I'll be the one dressed like Elvis." So I was like, oh, so he's going to wear his stupid Elvis suit. Uh, but no, he showed up like in the trunks and, and all that, and he was way out of shape. And people in the chat uh, that I was chatting with, somebody was like, well, good to see Scott Hall got in great shape for this one. Yeah, that's so, that's so messed up. <laughs> I'm like, well, uh, I mean, we all kind of saw it coming. Come on. But all right, getting into the uh, big stories here, it's multi-pronged. So, well, this this first one is dealing with lawsuits. Time Warner is attempting to settle WCW's outstanding lawsuits as quickly as possible before the sale. Nasty Boys member Jerry Sags had a lawsuit against the company, stemming from, <laughs> a, stemming from a chair shot he received from Scott Hall a couple of years ago that he says ended his career. If you don't remember the incident... Sags went into the match already concussed and warned Hall not to hit him in the head during the chair spot. Hall did it anyway. Sags then attacked him during the match and ended up busting Hall's face so bad that he needed oral surgery to fix the damage. I, just, I laugh at like, wow, okay. Jerry Sags has a lawsuit. Yeah. You know, don't treat that man wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I had heard about this, though. It's like, that. that is like... And I know Hall was, you know, messed up on multiple things at this time, but like that's messed up. Somebody's like, hey, I'm coming off a concussion. Don't hit me in the head with a chair. So he does it anyway. And then Sags just beats the holy hell out of him to the point where he needs oral surgery. Yikes. Ah, but here we go. Uh, 
This one is a little more. Whew, I all right. Anyway, diving into man, it. You, you just the lead-ins, man. Yeah. Good lord. This one, it's it's just it's it's gonna be hard to say. So, uh, and you'll see why. Speaking of lawsuits, there's some heat on Ric Flair because he's not making things easier for WCW with Sonny Ono's racial discrimination lawsuit. A few weeks ago at a house show during a match with a cat, Flair called him Sambo, a term I had to look this up. That is a term for a person of mixed African and uh, Amerindian ancestry. The name then came to be applied to black persons of various degrees of European admixture. So it's a racial slur. In other okay, words. that's that's new to me because I thought there was literally like a suplex named Sambo Suplex. There, there is. So I, I wonder if I wonder if that is now a racist uh-huh. name for the suplex. I don't know. Yeah, because I was like, I right, won't be saying that one anymore then. Yeah, I was like Sambo. I was, I was like, how is that? That racist? sounds like a that sounds like a horrible uh, generic version of Rambo or something. Like someone made it and like changed the letter. Like, oh, I can sell it because they changed the letter. Yeah, right, like the one you get in the dollar store. Yeah. Uh, but, well, this one, like, you just leave it to old people, man. They'll dig out racist terms you've never heard of in your life. But here's another one for you. Then, this week on television, while jawing with fans at ringside, Flair threatened, quote, I'll jap slap you. <laughs> okay, he, like, he loves using that word, doesn't he? <laughs> he does. I'm like, dude, you can't say that. And he, I, I tell yeah, you, yeah, you're like, Flair, you can't say that. I'm God. <laughs> like, you're not God. You're going to get sued for racial discrimination. Stop it. God up there. God down here. God. My word. That, um, I didn't know uh, Ric Flair was like that, but whatever. Crazy, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Here's one. The future of WCW is looking very questionable all of a sudden. As a press time for this event, the company only has three shows remaining on the schedule. The Greed pay-per-view on March 18th, Nitro on March 19th, and the Spring Break Nitro a week later in Panama City on March uh, 26th. Well, we know why that was the last one on the the booking (laughs) sheet. Uh, It's eerily similar to ECW's situation just a couple of months ago. There's no show scheduled for April, and nobody seems to know what will air in the Monday-slash-Wednesday time slots for Nitro and Thunder during that month. See, I remember that ECW thing because when all that was going on, Paul Heyman was literally at the table on Raw. Like, we don't yeah. know what's going to happen. Like, it's clear as day what's going to happen, guys. Yeah, You're, it's like uh, – The guy who runs the show is in the other company now. Wearing an XFL hat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he wore an ECW hat for quite a while, actually, on there. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, I Here's the one that stuck out to me. I didn't know that they moved Thunder to Wednesday. They moved it all over. At one point, it was on. It started on Thursday, and they moved it to Wednesday. It was on Tuesday for a minute, back to Wednesday, and then it ended on Thursday, I think. Wow. Good grief. Well, uh, there were plans for a pay-per-view in May in Las Vegas, though no arena is booked yet. And Eric Bischoff has reportedly been planning that as the launch date for the new WCW. Advertising for that pay-per-view is already out, and as of yet, it hasn't been canceled. But Bischoff has been uh, waiting for months for the sale to go through, and it hasn't yet, which has forced them to postpone major storyline plans. Yeah, that was uh, the big bang. Obviously, didn't happen. They were going to take some time off uh, before the big bang, I think. Okay, am I alone in thinking that wouldn't have really helped? (laughs) 
Uh, I guess the time off, he was like, well, we need to get my regime in place and figure out kind of more of the it's more what or less the office stuff. I, I mean, from a business standpoint, it helps you reorganize. So I can see you can't, re- you can't uh, reorganize like shattered pieces of glass. I mean, things broke, dude. Well, yeah, I think he was going to go in there, clean house, and then put his own people in place, and they kind of have to get used to it. It's like, okay, what the hell am I doing? (laughs) I would like to say it was a complete mess. It was done. It was never going to come back. I would like to think if Bischoff got his hands on it, it might have stuck around for a little while longer. I mean, it might have ended up being more of like what TNA ended up being, you know? Yeah, but back then, television contracts weren't weren't that easy, so it probably wouldn't have lasted on TV. And there was no streaming stuff back then. Well, you and I talked a while back. It's not coming back. Bischoff had said if streaming stuff was around back then, WCW would still be alive. I have Uh, no doubt. So, uh, but I I mean, I had heard rumors that they were looking at possibly getting a a show on FX. So FX is always the rumor whenever a company needs a home. Have you noticed that? Yeah. WWE when they left USA the first time, when they were leaving Spike, when TNA was getting a new deal. AEW was t- talked about with FX. That's like a thing. <laughs> wow. So it's like, I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. But every company has said, maybe FX. Well, I guess he said what what actually killed it all. And we'll talk about this more next week. But it was, was when they canceled, uh, like Time Warner came in and just canceled every, like all the shows. It was like, no more, no more wrestling on, on the networks. And that's when they, Bischoff's, uh, Benefactors are pulled out. It was like, mm, we're done. All we wanted was a TV. <sighs> but yeah. They were still pulling in higher ratings back then than AEW is now. That's what's baffling to me about why AEW is on TNT. I don't get it. Like, what changed? How The way people look at ratings. I mean, that's the simplest answer. People don't look at ratings the same way anymore. Because I've always said, uh, I mean, like the shows that you and I grew up on and loved that stuck around for like ever and even before our time. Most of those shows would not last long as long as they did in today's TV. Like it just things have changed so much, and like I've seen shows now that get good ratings on TV that have been canceled because their streaming numbers aren't very good. And I'm like, who cares about streaming numbers when you're doing good television ratings? But apparently that matters. I, I don't know. What's happening with The Walking Dead? I mean, yeah, the ratings are going to suck this season because the first six episodes are already on AMC streaming service. So. Yeah, that I, I said it's like, you know what? I'll wait. <laughs> I think it's more fun that way anyway, but that's just me. Either way, uh, there have been snags in the negotiations between WCW and Fusion in recent weeks. Fusion Media is the uh, what, what Eric Bischoff is working with to try to buy WCW. Fusion originally agreed to purchase the company for around $70 million, but then lowered their offer to $50 million when WCW's financials for January came in, which were even worse than last quarter. WCW is losing an estimated $5 to $7 million each month. If the deal does go through, Bischoff uh, still plans to shut down the company for several weeks. They hope it goes through soon so that they can shut down as soon as the upcoming greed pay-per-view, but as of now... They still plan to have a Nitro on April 2nd. So, yeah, they're still um, being, uh, what's what's the word, uh, optimistic, which makes this kind of like more sad than, <laughs> you know, before, because you think it's like they're actually like being positive about all this. Kind of like the ECW thing, you know, when you were, we were talking about that a few months ago, where it's like they were trying to be positive 
And, uh, you know, Paul Heyman was like, oh, we can turn this around. And it's like, no, he can't. Well, you got to, you know, you got to convince them otherwise. He knew he was on his way out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With with Paul, I, I mean, it, our point was, you know, you were saying it's like, well, ECW is kind of his baby, you know. And it's like, I feel like Eric Bischoff had like a love-hate relationship with WCW. Because on one hand, he was like, I built it to where it is today. Like, you know, I, I made it profitable and good and like an actual viable thing, you know. Uh, but at the same time, he, he just hated the company he worked for. So, I mean, because if you listen to his podcast at all, he kind of conveys that where he's like, you know, by was, was it August or September of 99? He said he'd mentally checked out. He was like, I don't even care. I'm done. That sounds like me at my last job. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I know it wasn't my cafe, but man, I did a lot for that thing. And yeah. like upper management didn't give a damn, so it was like F you I left. That's, yeah. That's exactly how I felt, seriously. Yep. No company loyalty, man. And I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about like companies to their employees. There's no loyalty. There's just Hell none. No. So uh and with this one, Bischoff did say he's like, I handled it poorly. Uh but he said at the same time I'm running a hugely successful company that had been whooping the WWF's ass like more than not and making money hand over fist and bringing in all these stars and everything. So, and then they call me into this boardroom to sit around with all these people in suits who are going to dictate to me how I need to start running my company differently. And he said he called them out. He asked one guy, he was like, tell me what night of the week Nitro even airs on. And the guy just sat there like, dumbfounded he's like uh and he couldn't answer he was like so you don't even know what night of the week nitro was on you're gonna tell me how to run it and he said (laughs) well he said in retrospect that was a dumb move because he's like i mean you never you know publicly embarrass the the higher-ups but at the same time he's like i was making a point unfortunately the point was look we know you did a lot for us you actually made us money that's great but you're fired (laughs) (sighs) anyway we're going to take a quick break, man. When we come back on the other side of this, we're going to get into the actual event at hand. That's Greed 2001, the one and only Greed. We'll be right back after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. The very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd absolutely stunned! The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. 
There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we're back for break, but before we dive into the event at hand, make sure if you are not listening to us on the Unhinged Sports Network, we play every single Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We go live, and if you miss us, if you're listening to us now and you didn't catch the beginning of the show, you want to hear the whole thing, we air again tomorrow night at 6 p.m., and we've got various replays. Find out all over social media. Check the schedule. It's Unhinged sn.airtime.pro You ready to talk about greed? <sighs> yeah. One of the seven deadly sins. I like how they were, it was uh, sin, super brawl, revenge, now we get greed. I wonder what the other ones were going to be. Theft, have, lust. Yeah, I was going to say, were they going to have a lust pay-per-view? A gluttony pay-per-view? <laughs> like so. Like, it was it was good in theory. I think they used the three good ones, revenge, uh, you know, uh, sin and uh, greed. But, you know, past that, then it kind of starts going downhill. But this Welcome place... to Lust. Special uh, host will be Missy Hyatt. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, good grief. Hey, Missy, how was your 50th plastic surgery? I'm sorry. Anyway. Uh, Leave me out of that. <laughs> uh, the date was March 18th, 2001. I always forget, is that your birthday or around your birthday? It's three days before. Three days before, okay. I am I have to keep that in mind because there's something I want to send your way for, for your birthday, but we'll, we'll get into that later. Anyway, uh, this is – now that I'm thinking about it, uh, March 18th, this is airing March 17th, so we are actually – or I'm sorry, this is airing March 10th. Uh, we are airing this uh, eight days before the exact – anniversary of this 20 years crazy <laughs> to think about and in eight days I, by uh, the way sign up for peacock because wwe network's going live on peacock so unless you have comcast you already have it eat me yes yeah, so it's weird to think about wcw's been dead for 20 years at this point anyway the tagline for this was i don't get this <laughs> the tagline was it's all or nothing baby hey. <laughs> that's a foreshadowing wake yeah. up <laughs> It's more nothing. But yeah. Uh, The venue is the Jacksonville Memorial Coliseum in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, another wrestling company emanates uh, from Jacksonville now and is also on TNT. Hey, man, the Jaguar still sucked. Yeah. It's been 20 years. Jag still sucked. Some things never change. The attendance for this man, uh, it was a staggering 5,030. Out of how many possible? So the capacity was about 10,000 plus some change there. So that's actually not so bad for a company that's dying. Yeah. So, I mean, it's 50% capacity ish. So the pay-per-view buy rate though was 50,000 buys for about a 0.10. We're past the statute of limitations now, right? What? For what? uh, I was going to say, I didn't really buy this. I watched on my friend's house on a scrambler. (laughs) No, yeah. Hey, What's it wasn't mine, though, so... <laughs> yeah, right, you didn't... You, hey, it, w- it wasn't me. I was just there, all right? 
what's 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 a scrambler, Greg? We didn't. Oh. Who the hell knows what a scrambler is? This is twenty two. It's been twenty years. I I can't believe it's been so long since I've heard the term scrambler. That's hilarious. Ah, but anyway, the opening package is of DDP talking about the main event, and he lets us know that Scott Steiner is going to get banged. Yeah. I mean, no judgment. <laughs> yeah. No judgment, DDP, but, you know, whatever. I mean, it is pay-per-view, so you get away with more. Watch for ECW. Our opening match here, man, it is Kiwi taking on Jason Jett, the former Easy Money uh, I, uh, I, I wanted to say something before we even start this match, because uh, I just I have that message from you from the other day. Yeah, you're watching this and you're like, oh, man, these two, I see them. I'm like, take my money. Yeah. And I'm like, I have I've already watched it. I'm like, wow, he he does not know what's coming. And I just laughed so hard at that. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're in for a shock, dude. This match is actually really effing good. Yeah, this match <laughs> went for about 12 minutes, 17 seconds. By the way, here's an interesting fact for you. Jet now becomes the only person to have worked both ECW and WCW's final pay-per-views. Oh, so he's the uh, the reason. Yeah, some somebody was like, man, wouldn't that be a cool like a cool gimmick for him? Like if if a company knows it's going out of business, it's like we're gonna put on one more show called Jason Jet. <laughs> uh, that would be that would be awesome. But and here's where I put in my notes. I said at first I sarcastically said Kiwi versus Easy Money. Shut up and take my money. Uh, but these two tore the damn house down. Jason Jet wins with the crash landing. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this three and three fourth stars. I gave it an even three stars. It was amazing. What say you? I, I gave it three. I was on the fence for four, but it's like. Yeah. <sighs> Something held me back from four. I don't know what it was, but man, it was so friggin' good. Maybe it went a I tad thought, longer. I thought Queeby's so criminally underrated. Yeah, so I think people looked right at the whole presentation of the guy and like, oh this is stupid. Yeah. Dude, he was so damn good. I mean the hair, the neon pink pants, the the fact that his name was Queewe. It's I mean, the Queewe. Yeah, and then he went on to be Alan Funk and it's just like yeah, the whole thing was just so stupid, and you couldn't help but laugh. But these two, who you're laughing at, because Jason Jett had the dumbest tights. That's what gave it away, by the way, because at first I was thinking Chris Hamrick, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not right. And I was like, oh, he, and I was texting you about it. I'm like, oh, it's easy money. And you're like, yeah, the tights gave it away, because nobody wears tights like that. But these two, you're just laughing at, at it, and it's like they tear the damn house down. It's like, cool, that is a way to introduce you to a pay-per-view. I, um... I remember um, I was watching uh, what the last ECW pay-per-view, and I didn't realize it till now. But man, Chris Hamrick, his partner, his nickname was Confederate Currency, and he wore yep. a huge Confederate flag on his back. Like, yep. wow! If they ended that off the network, I mean, it'd be stupid, but I would totally understand why. Yeah, well, stupid in the did... sense that I hate when they do that crap. But wow, it was like blatant. Well, if you did that, you'd have to go back and edit all the Freebird stuff, too. So it's just like that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that that was a weird group. And Julio De Niro was the third one in that group. Who was the they had a female, right? Yeah, Electra. Oh, OK, yeah, that's right. The one who was not Carmen, because <laughs> that's Indeed. clearly what they were going for. Uh, we now get a recap of the Cruiserweight Tag Team Tournament, and that leads us into 
Kid Romeo and Elix Skipper taking on the filthy animals of Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio Jr. It is the finals for the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team title tournament. It went just shy of 14 minutes. Mysterio comes out with wearing a cross between his mask and Mankind's mask. So I was like, what the hell? But in the end, Kid just Romeo... <laughs> In the end, Kid Romeo catches Mysterio in a springboard moonsault attempt and drops him with a with the last kiss, last kiss for the win. Even though this was mostly a spot fest, this match blew me away. Kidman and Mysterio had been told for weeks, apparently, that they were winning this tournament, but then it got to the day of the show, and they were told, never mind, you're losing. And then didn't they end up winning the titles like the next night on Nitro or something no, like that? No, they won at the last ever Nitro. Oh, Okay. I never defended well, him because Ray didn't come right over. Kidman did, but yeah. <laughs> and I like how he goes to WWE and they're like, "Look, quit wearing uh, jean shorts and a white beater. <laughs> you got to look like an actual wrestler here." Well, he wore those for a while. Uh, I've, I've, when did he switch to the the biker shorts? I think at the same time he cut his hair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Anyway, Uncle Dave and I both gave this four stars. What say you? It was a little more tight with it. I gave it three. Yeah, this, I mean, it was a spot fest, no no doubt, but, man, Kid Romeo was actually really good, and Elix Skipper was awesome. Just, wow. Again, another guy that was just, like, criminally underrated, just wasted. And he could dance, man. <laughs> uh, sure. But he looked... He was no like, Boogie Night, but, you know. <laughs> wow. He was kind of like um, he like his look almost reminded me of like a Tony Nice, where it's like he's really short, so he qualifies as a cruiserweight. But man, he's like built and ripped, and he's got like eight pack abs. <laughs> like eight it's pack. nuts. Basically, he's got two extra. He's not like Otis, who's carrying a forty ounce. <laughs> he's he's got a six pack under that keg. <laughs> ah, he's got but, multiple six packs. <laughs> Uh, but we go, speaking of ripped and shredded and buff, backstage, Buff Bagwell guides his own cameraman into the locker room of Ric Flair, Jeff Jarrett, and Road Warrior Animal. Animal de- debuted at the, or returned, or whatever the hell, at Sin. That was where uh, uh, Sid Vicious snapped his leg, and that kind of ruined the whole animal coming back thing. <laughs> <laughs> Put a little damper on the night, I'd say. Uh, but they all stand around and talk crap on their opponents for the night. Apparently, Animal just got taken out by, from behind by a mystery attacker, and Medeja was taken out as well. Who was the mystery attacker? Did they ever reveal before the company shut down? Did they? I don't know. Maybe that's one of them things that just went unsolved. That's weird, because WCW's never done kinda, that. Yeah, kind of like, who the hell was driving that white Hummer? <laughs> People, I don't know. But we get highlights of Stacy Keebler, now just named Stacy. Introducing the world to, quote, Ah, her, so Vince did do it first. Right. But she's introducing the world to her baby, which turned out to be Sean Stasiak. Uh, Bam Bam Bigelow then attacked him because apparently he doesn't like that he's arrogant, I guess. I yeah. don't know. Just making fun of Bigelow and calling him ugly and filthy and all that. No. Yeah, because if there's one guy you want to pick on, Bam Bam Bigelow is it. <laughs> hey, man, that was beats, man. He'll kill you. Yeah, more on that here in a bit, but really, yeah, yeah. Well, I just had a thought about that, but Stacy 
like this came after the whole she's pregnant then she wasn't pregnant and she who was the father oh there was never a baby and now she does have a baby and her baby quote unquote is Sean Stasiak yeah. <sighs> woohoo Woo. but alright before the match here Stacy comes out to, uh, to be the hype woman for Stasiak who comes out and insults the crowd and talks about how beautiful he is before throwing pictures of himself into the crowd yeah uh Here's where I was going to say the whole like it makes more sense now that they called him because he was just a void of personality meat suit. He was just kind of there. I, he there was nothing to this guy. I mean, like, did you feel that same way? Yeah, kind of. He was so like, yeah, he looked good. It's worse when he comes back to me, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I know. Well, I guess Tom Pritchard, Dr. Tom Pritchard, you know, who was training WWE guys, they sent, like, some of the WCW rookies, like Stasiak and whatever, down to train with him before actually being full-time on the roster. And Kurt Angle, who had never professionally wrestled before, Pritchard was like, man, he's just a natural, taken to it like he's been doing it for years. Stasiak, who at this point had been doing it for, what, over a year, I think? You remember when he debuted? I don't, I don't remember. But in WCW? Way, yeah. Yeah, he debuted right when Russo took over, I believe. Okay, so he'd been Because his debut for... was a play on Mr. Perfect. He came out to that, just Mr. Perfect's WWF theme, but like remixed or looped. Yeah, he was Perfect Sean, you know. Oh, man, um, that, was, that was great. Yeah, money, man. But so he'd been doing it for about a year and a half, you know, at this point. And his father was a wrestling legend, Stan Stasiak. And they said, he's like a first-day rookie. They're like, he can't even bump properly. So, I don't know. And he, I guess he, he looks pretty. Yeah. Yeah, and this is his, like, third freaking nickname in this company, by the way. And like I said, it's been a year and a half. He is now Sean the Star Stasiak. <laughs> Sean the Star. They keep giving uh. these... They kept giving these young guys nicknames of that were like uh, wishful thinking, like, and you and I both say we like Chuck Palumbo, but they called him the main event and then the event, and it's like, what? No. And then put them together, and you got the perfect event. Yeah. No. I'm not even joking. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I know. And then Sean was the star and perfect Sean and blah blah blah. But anyway. Uh, Sean with Stacy is taking on Bam Bam Bigelow. This went just shy of six minutes, mercifully. Uh, Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson are having fun during this and during the show, and they clearly don't give a crap anymore. If you listen to their commentary, Tony seems like he's just given all the F's he can give. He's harvested them all out of his his uh, garden, and it is now empty, and he has no more F's to give. So he kind of he, he's just having fun. The commentary is actually pretty good. Him and him and Scott have a Scott Hudson have a good thing going on. I said this match could have and should have been on free TV. Not that we have much more of that. But Stacy distracts a referee while she tosses hairspray to Sean Stasiak, who sprays it in Bigelow's eyes. And then he hits the hangman's neckbreaker on Bigelow for the win. Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I give it star and a half. Let's say you a whole star. Whole thing sucked. Yeah, it's just yikes, man. <sighs> but a security camera. Oh, did, did you? By the way, Sean Stasiak still does like. I mean, obviously not right now, but he still does like uh, independent promotion wrestling stuff. 
Yeah. Like he'll he'll just pop up in the indies every now and then. It's like who the hell is booking Sean Stasiak? Well, it's not his dad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, security camera footage shows uh, from earlier in the day when Ernest the Cat Miller tells Miss Jones that she needs to stay in the back while he takes care of Canyon. This was a thing on the show, by the way. Had this been going on for a while where there's there's not a single person doing interviews on the show? Yep. Like it's it's all security camera footage or somebody talking to a camera, like not to a person, to a camera. Yeah, hey, I think Scott Hudson was out of work or something. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like, did you guys like want to save money on interviewers by doing it? I mean, don't get me wrong. I think some of this stuff was like the the locker room stuff where they're like talking to a guy off camera. Or something. Yeah, it, I mean, it was different. It was original. But like the security camera stuff, it's kind of yeah, it's pretty dumb. More on that uh, later. But we're now treated to and I say treated, you know, dripping with sarcasm here. We're treated to footage of the new tag cruiserweight tag team champions going behind each other and strapping each other up. Yeah, this was um, a little weird, but <laughs> hey, I, no judgment. All right, if you want to go behind a guy and strap him up, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, you could have picked some better words for that. Nope, no, I couldn't. That was that's what they did. <laughs> But all right, uh, before the next match, Lance Storm and the Canadian killer, Mike Awesome, come out. And you and I talked about this. It's like, that nickname makes it sound like he just kills Canadians. Yep. Like, <laughs> but then I started thinking about it. It's like, well, I didn't even think about that. Because it's like, then you think Chris Benoit only cripples Canadians. Because <laughs> he was the Canadian crippler for Good the longest Lord, time. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah this uh like you talk about a guy who they couldn't figure out what the hell to do with him they were like yes we got mike awesome by the way you're gonna be you know five thousand things within like not a only year and a half. not only that it's like they worked so hard to get him like there's a huge controversy i know <laughs> he comes in or what when he first came in he i think i think he goes from the career killer to that 70s guy back to the career killer now he's the canadian killer oh what yeah <sighs> whatever i mean at least he you know we got to see him with that sweet ass mullet so that was something <laughs> <laughs> you gotta look well, for silver linings he cut his hair off <laughs> i know that was the worst part of this whole thing i don't care about canadian stuff but anyway the storm and awesome come out to the ring former ec both former ecw guys by the way and they tell everyone to stand up for the playing of, of the canadian national anthem it never plays. I I felt like Storm switched back and forth between doing a wrestling promo and being legit because I like how uh, it never plays. And then he's like, come on, guys, I've been doing this for eight months. You know the drill. <laughs> but they're eventually interrupted by the music of Hugh Morris. Yes, Hugh Morris. Uh, I, I like how they make this seem like it's a huge thing, by the way. Like, commentary's like, oh, my gosh, the laughing man. Hugh Morris is back. <laughs> like, cool? I'm like, um, who wanted this back? Yeah, it's like, yay, I guess. I mean, it's better than general erection, but, like, is it, yeah, though? But is it? <laughs> yeah, like a slight step up. We can't even make dick jokes anymore. Like, but I don't know. Either way. He comes to the ring, and then Conan comes out to help him. He is his partner. We now get Team Canada, which is Lance Storm, Mike Awesome, 
taking on the locker room leaders, Hugh Morris and Conan. It went about 11 and a half minutes. This was a thing they pushed during this match, by the way, that they kept going on about how everyone in the back, just they respect Hugh Morris and Conan. They are the epitome of locker room leaders. And I'm like, who gives a crap? Like, why are you pushing this so hard? It sounds like you're trying to convince yourselves, not me. Because, you know, when I think of the guy that all the people in WCW <laughs> need to go to for their advice, it's Hugh Effing Morris. General Effing Rection. I could buy it more with Conan. Because, <laughs> oh, like, maybe the Luchadors would go to Conan for, you know, like, he's their... Yeah, for his, their smoke. Wow. He'd... They they wanted to smoke, but he was legit. Like I guess the basically the head of the luchadors in WCW. Was, I guess he did most of their negotiating for them with uh, Bischoff and and the like. But like Hugh Morris, all right. But anyway, to the match here. Uh, when Hugh Morris goes out top, Lance Storm distracts him. This allows Awesome to hit a running Awesome Bomb for the win. Uncle Dave gave this a half a star. I actually thought it was decent. I gave it two stars. What say you? I gave it one. I hated it. I like Team Canada. I mean, maybe not together, but I like them individually. I the love Lance Storm. It's <laughs> all <I'll> snake. <laughs> I, uh, I like Lance Storm and Mike Awesome. I don't hate I mean, you can't tell by how we just buried him, but I didn't hate Hugh Morris. I didn't think he was terrible. And I, I like Conan. So, I don't know. I bumped it up a little bit for that. <sighs> but I feel like this is Conan's last match. Probably, yeah. On the last Nitro, and hell of a way to go out. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, was he was he on the the next night? Maybe, Nitro? but I just I'm blinking. Yeah, I don't know, but there we go with this one, man. To the back, <laughs> we get we get more security right. camera footage. Clearly, I know what's coming. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes is asking Dusty if he's getting ready uh, for their match while Dusty's reading a newspaper. <sighs> Dusty keeps going on about how he's going to make his ass really smelly for when someone kisses it tonight. And then he has somebody bring in a giant tray of burritos. Not like a big plate of ribs, like a Texan <sighs> or something. Well, no, you got to you got to build up the gas, Greg. So burritos. <laughs> I like um... This is what the American Dream Dusty Rhodes is doing. Talking about how he's going to make his ass really stanky so that Ric Flair can kiss it. What are we doing? Well, it's not just Ric Flair. It's also Jeff Jarrett. Hold on. Now, yeah. Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett must kiss that posterior, that ample posterior of Dusty Rhodes. (sighs) But now we go to Buff Bagwell, who sits down with Rick Steiner in his locker room, asking what Rick's going to do to Booker T tonight. He then asks, what's up with Scott, and what's got him all messed up in the head? Well, that could take all the rest of the night, man, and into the morning. He's a little guest. Right. But now Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare cut a generic wrestling promo from their locker room about how they'll do anything to win the WCW World Tag Team titles tonight. Or to retain them, excuse me. So, there's that. But up next, man, it's your favorite and mine. It is Chavo Guerrero (laughs) Guerrero Jr. defending the Cruiserweight title against Sugar Shane Helms in just under 11 minutes. Or, I'm sorry, just under 14 minutes. 
this is the first night that Shane is in. He's no longer wearing his three count attire. He's wearing like white boots and black trunks. It's a sugar Shane. Yeah, he looked so super skinny, by the way. I was like, damn, dude, do you eat? Uh, and he comes out with the sugar babies, which are dancers. Yeah. And he comes out dancing like it's just funny how in a concert. It's just funny how completely different he'll be in like a week or two. Yeah, I, well, he does. He, I think he still does this gimmick on the final Nitro, doesn't he? Like this, like the, yeah. the last time. And then he comes in WWE is just like Shane Helms, like. And then next thing you know, he's the Hurricane. I remember when I first saw the Hurricane. By the way, I was just like. This is so effing stupid. Like, I didn't really know much about Shane Helms, but I'm like, what is this? Like, they're burying this dude. And then it became my favorite thing on the damn show within a few weeks. I'm like, this is this is good. And I, my favorite part was when he would, like, he would be the Hurricane, and then he'd switch to, like, Gregory Helms, Ace Reporter. Yep. <laughs> that was so good. Uh, but I said, in my opinion, after an awesome match, Shane Helms wins with a vertebraker. Uncle Dave gave it an even three stars. I gave it three and a half stars. I actually really liked this match. What do you say? I liked it too. Um, just the uh, vertebraker is like one of the coolest moves ever. Right. Yeah, so I didn't realize, by the way, one of his signature moves back in the day was what ended up becoming uh, Sean, uh, Sean Spears move. Was it? Yeah. It's that where he picks him up like fireman's carry and then he's, spins him around into a face buster on one knee because that was the second version of the tiebreaker after like uh, he got called up and I'm assuming they told him quit doing the tiebreaker he originally did because AJ does that so you know how much of a of a mark I am Shane Helms so and Chavo was a good wrestler he never like blew me away with anything he did but this was a good this is a really good match but we now go into the locker room for the Magnificent Seven where Ric Flair apparently saw Dusty Rhodes getting his ass all stanky because Flair is pissed, and he said he's not kissing anybody's ass. And he ends the whole promo by saying, Dusty Rhodes, you're going down and kissing some ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. (sighs) But now Booker T cuts a promo in his locker room. This is a real thing, by the way. (laughs) It is. Uh, Booker T cuts a promo in his locker room against Rick Steiner, telling him to save the drama for his mama and, quote, don't hate the player, hate the game. I thought it was save the drama for Oprah. <laughs> what the hell? I that was the saying. No. <sighs> but yeah. Some people said back in the day, save the drama for Oprah. Yeah, uh, uh, this one was save the drama for your mama. And no, I know I, what it was. I, I heard it. Yeah. I like how he was, like, getting over the whole... Uh, don't hate the player, hate the game thing at this point. And to your credit, you said he should have brought that back during his WrestleMania, uh, was it 18 build-up? 19, yeah. Well, 19 was about the hair, dude. What are you talking about? Yeah, <laughs> right. Not about the drama or hating <laughs> players. But all right. Before the next match, totally buffed, which is Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger. Real name. <laughs> they they cut a promo where they talk about all the titles they've held and about ending the career of Bill Goldberg. Spoiler, this promo lasted longer than the match itself. Yeah. It, is, it is Sean O'Hare and Chuck Palumbo defending the WCW tag titles against Totally Buffed. Uh, it went a total of 54 seconds. You heard me a right. total buff of 54 seconds. <laughs> totally Buffed. Too much gets, time for Totally Buffed. Good grief. 
totally buffed, gets no offense. Palumbo hits two jungle kicks. O'Hare hits two Shantan bombs. And uh, totally buffed, gets squashed. Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger apparently complained bitterly about putting over Palumbo and O'Hare. Finally, they agreed to do the match, scheduled for eight minutes originally. But then they decided to go into business for themselves. So they ended up letting O'Hare and Palumbo squash them in under a minute. And they oversold the finish uh, to a ridiculous degree for several minutes after. Apparently, a lot of agents and even the wrestlers backstage were said to be furious at this. Which, you know what? I totally buy that story. I don't know about you. I, I just don't understand what's wrong with Palumbo and O'Hare. Well, they're rookies, Greg, and they were the great Buff Bagwell and Lex Luger. By God, look at them. Shut up. Why? That's... I guarantee that's what they were thinking. Uh, Disco Inferno actually talked about uh, Lex Luger. Apparently there was supposed to be like a, an, an angle that they were throwing around where Miss Elizabeth was going to be hot for Billy Kidman and do like a MILF angle or whatever. And Lex Luger had, had it axed because he said it makes Elizabeth look old. And they were like, uh, everybody can do the math. They know how old she is. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's not like they were hiding it. But Uncle Dave gave this negative one star. I just gave it a dud. What say you? One star. I don't yeah. even know why it was a star. It wasn't even really a match. No, it was. Honestly, like when I watch these sometimes, I'm like doing other stuff. And I look up. Like, wait, <laughs> I didn't even take a note. I had to rewind him. Like, wait, was that quick? Yep. <laughs> uh, Scott Steiner is seen doing chin-ups in the shower before shouting at the oh, camera. Yeah, because we needed to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then he asked, he had to ask Medasia how many he did, because, you know, it's it's all about the numbers. <laughs> uh, but he starts shouting at the camera about how he's going to beat up Diamond Dallas White Trash. There it is. I knew it, man. I, yeah. People kept saying, uh, he never said that. I guess he did. I remember him saying that. Yep. It was Diamond Dallas White Trash. Like, what the hell, man? We now get video footage of Canyon being a psychopath and beating up Ernest Miller and M.I. Smooth, and that led to this match. Just call him Smooth. M.I. Smooth, by the way, was apparently Ernest Miller's limo driver. I don't watch yeah, a lot during this time, like I said. Ice so. Train, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, you know, we needed to repackage Ice Train. <laughs> Gotta keep him they on the did. payroll. And they freaking did. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense for Ernest Miller to have a crew. I will say this. I I dug the pairing of him and Miss Jones. I thought they were pretty good together. Yeah, because she actually did stuff. Yeah, she was talented. And she was because most of them like like the young people in WCW at this point. It's like, man, they have no acting chops whatsoever. And Russo made them act a lot. Well, Miss Jones can actually act. She wasn't when they did have her do something physical. She wasn't horrible at it. She could dance. So I don't know. But anyway, back to the ring now. Lex. Luger yeah, is, you know, we're getting off course. Let's get back to this. <laughs> you know, Lex Luger is just now rolling out of the ring and Buff Bagwell isn't moving at all. After a good minute of him just laying there like he's dead, Buff finally gets up and Luger helps him to the back. And Tony Schiavone and Scott Hudson are going on about, oh, this is a really scary scene right now. Yeah, you remember when he messed up his neck a couple of years ago? This is this is really bad. Yeah, they like, bastardized three or four times. Yeah, I know. 
<sighs> so this was so effing stupid. Apparently, they just went to the back, got their things, and left. Uh, well, I guess not yet, because we... Well, we'll get to it. But Ernest Miller comes out cutting a promo on Canyon, and Canyon tries to attack Miss Jones for whatever frickin' reason, but Miller cuts him off. I like how he just pushes right past Ernest Miller to go after Miss Jones, like he's not going to do something about it. <sighs> this oh, is maybe you only, only want to fight with a woman. I don't know. Yeah, right. But this is Canyon versus Ernest and Cat Miller with Miss Jones. It went ten and a half minutes. Hey, by the way, do you remember when, uh, you know, the cat told Miss Jones, you need to stay in the back. I'm going to handle this on my own, on my, you know, on yeah. my own. I'm sure yeah, she will. Well, yeah, for, forget about that. That's, that's not important. <laughs> uh, the referee gets knocked out from behind. Canyon and Miss Jones get in, uh, get into it, uh, and they and some shenanigans happen. She finally kicks Canyon, setting him up for the feliner as the referee wakes up to count the pin. Uncle Dave gave this one and three, four stars. I gave it an even two stars. What say you? I gave it one. I thought it was interesting, and I like what Miller and Canyon can do in the ring together, but yeah, just this is weird. Well, you know, in a few weeks, Canyon would become the MVP of the Alliance. So God, there's sure. that. What? Who better than Canyon? Everybody. <laughs> Oh, every, uh, nobody except for Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> After the well, match. I, I'm better than Canyon. Yeah, that's why I'm changing it to nobody's better than Canyon except for Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> uh, after the match, Canyon jumps Ernest Miller before dropping him with a feline or with a flatliner. Excuse me. And then uh, he's about to do something to Miss Jones when M.I. Smooth runs down with a chair to chase Canyon off. My God, it's the it's the return of M.I. Smooth. Yes, he's here. Ice freaking train. Yeah. Uh, whatever. I guess this was a moment, sort of. A moment we'll never forget. I don't know. A moment uh, in time. The greatest moment in the history of our great sport. <laughs> but now... Buff I still maintain it's okay for him to use that as long as it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Buff Bagwell argues with Lex Luger backstage about whether or not Luger threw the match. Yeah, he he, he, he threw this. One. Oh, there something was thrown apparently. <laughs> yeah, they then agree to get their stuff and leave, which I'm sure they did. We now see the road. Nobody the... was crying. No, we now see the roads in their locker room again, where Dusty apparently ate the entire tray of burritos, and he says that he's got it all worked down into this into his saddlebags. Which okay. I, um, yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> but up next, we get Rick Steiner defending the United States title against Booker T. This goes for seven and a half minutes. Booker is beating on Steiner. Steiner ducks a kick. The ref gets bumped, sort of. Like Booker kind of like taps him with a boot and he has to sell, sell it like he's dead. Steiner then gets in control until Shane Douglas hops a guardrail. Rick gets on the second rope. Douglas blasts him in the head with his with his uh, hand cast, knocking him down. And then Booker hits the bookend for the win. Uncle Dave gave this a fourth of a star. I gave it one and a half stars. What say you? I gave it one. Remember, we were starting off so hot this event, too. I know. This one was... Sl- I- I thought it was okay, like one and a half stars worthy, but it was so sloppy. That ending, like I said, he 
he like love taps the referee and then he sells it like he just got shot in the cheek. <laughs> and then when Shane hits Rick from like Rick acted like he forgot what the finish was because Shane hits him in the back and he just kind of like falls off the, the rope and turns around like, what the hell? <laughs> like he didn't just get hit with a cast. <sighs> I don't know. But backstage, Animal finds Buff Bagwell laid out on his face. Luger accuses Animal of attacking Buff. I, I don't know if we ever find out what the hell happened here either. No, I think after this, the Magnificent Seven is just gone. Ah, lovely. Real name, by the way. Yeah. So I'm maintaining that Turner owns the rights to that movie. <laughs> he has to. But uh, we now see... We're trying to make sense of it, please. Yeah. We now see play-up video for the next match where Ric Flair tried to sign Dustin Rhodes to his team, and Dustin said to shove it. He literally said shove it. So Jeff Jarrett dresses up in a fat suit and impersonates Dusty Rhodes on Nitro. I will say I laughed a little bit. <laughs> of course I, you did. It's, it, was, it was kind of funny. And, but he then has Ric Flair dress up as Dusty Rhodes, and Jarrett beats him up until Dusty himself and Dustin run in and beat them both up. I'm sorry. It was stupid, but a little funny. But now Ric Flair comes out with Road Dumb. Warrior. An- Sorry. It was. <laughs> Ric Flair comes to the ring with Road Warrior Animal, but Animal gets sent to the back by referee Charles Robinson. Flair, by the way, is wearing a floral print Hawaiian shirt, slacks, and loafers. That's what he's yeah. wearing to, for this match. But he grabs a mic and he says he's, he's not, not dressed to wear. He's, he's, he's going on vacation right after this. He's going to change. Yeah. yeah. It's like. It's like when uh when I wear sweatpants to the gym, it's like I can just slip these back on after I after I'm done. It's it's fine. I can wear them wherever. I don't want to have to change. But Flair grabs a mic and he says he's not dressed to wrestle and he won't wrestle, saying chosen one will take them both on by himself. I didn't notice this until years down the line. He always calls people by their nickname, like Jesse Ventura. It was just Body. Oh yeah, he called him Body. Yeah. And Jeff Jarrett was chosen one. He never called him Jeff or Jarrett. He just called him chosen one. And there, there was other ones too. that he would just use their nickname. And I'm like, why is that a thing with you? Did he call Arn Enforcer? Uh, he called him Double A a lot. Uh, but Jeff Jarrett and Ric Flair, this is up next. They take on the team of Dusty and Dustin Rhodes, where the losers kiss the winners' asses. That is a real stipulation. An ass kiss. Ellie burrito eating ass. <laughs> Hell yeah. Meanwhile, you know, if this was in the WWF and Dustin was gold dust, he would have been all over the stipulation. (laughs) This went about 10 minutes. Here's the thing that got me. After everything we've seen, and this is the year 2001, Dusty was obviously more out of shape than, you know, ever because he's not a wrestler at this point. Flair wasn't in the greatest of shape at this point, dressed like how I described him. They, when they go face-to-face in the ring, that's the pop of the entire night. Like, the crowd blows the roof off, and all these guys did was look at each other and tie up. Every old person and their mother is there. Right. In the end, Jarrett and Flair attempt doing double-figure fours in the middle of the ring on the roses, but Dusty and Dustin both kick them off at the same time. They collide. Jarrett flops out of the ring, and then Dustin rolls Flair up for the pin. Uncle Dave gave this two and a four star. I gave it two stars. What say you? I gave it two only because I had a lot of fun laughing. 
yeah, it was it was fun. Flair played the the part of, I mean, he really was serious when he's like, I'm not ready to wrestle. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. well, at least like, he admitted it. Yeah, you got your ass kicked throughout the whole show, dude, or throughout the whole match. But yeah, so that's the match itself. And then Dusty tells Flair to put on the chapstick and kiss his big white ass. This is literally what he said. Uh, but there's tries, a swerve. Swerve, bro. He's not kissing anybody's ass. Uh, Jarrett tries jumping Dustin, but Dustin beats him up and holds him in the corner while Dusty drops Trow and gives Jeff a stink face. Uh, and then we get the, you know, the heartwarming moment where Dustin crouches in the corner while his dad stands in the middle of the ring, pants around his ankles, shaking his ass, doing a dance. Now that that's some great father-son bonding really, right there. You really paint a picture. <laughs> he does, man. This this I, all happened. I believe Flair would eventually get his face jammed up the horse's ass. Go figure. Tabs on Nitro. <laughs> Good grief. And then this... Oh, man. It's just like you... Dustin has a look on his face like, why am I here right now? Like, what? Because well, that I, check I, cleared. Yeah, he's like, I'm questioning every decision I've ever made in my life that led me to this moment. <laughs> just, man. But all right. Anyway, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time. Lots to get into with this one. We'll be right back. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks, Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Main 
event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. It is main event time. It is Scott Steiner with Madeja defending the WCW uh, World Heavyweight title against Diamond Dallas Page. Uh, Diamond Dallas White Trash. Yeah, that's it. Uh, is Falls Counts Anywhere. It goes for 14 minutes, 14 seconds, bell to bell. I will. I, I got a comment on. I always forget because, like I said, I, I didn't keep up with WCW, but WCW during this time. I really liked DDP's theme during this era. How do you feel about it? I hated it. Really? Yeah. Man, I don't know. I just I thought it had like great energy to it, and it was just like I'm like, damn, that's a pretty damn cool theme. Obviously, I like his other one better, but this one just I don't know. Uh, he did say when he was doing an interview, he said uh, the surviving members of Nirvana actually tried to sue WCW over his theme. Uh, but they made sure I guess Jimmy Hart knew exactly how to change the notes just enough so that they it, it would hold up in court. <laughs> so, hey, Jimmy Hart's good for something, man. Sounds like the uh, old uh, Vanilla Ice thing where he changed one beat. Yeah, apparently that wasn't good enough because uh, – he did have to pay up. So, but anyway, I said, it blows my mind that they were still able to spring for Michael Buffer at this point. The only thing I can think of is they paid him up front for X amount of dates. <laughs> or like he just had a contract that they had to honor. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm thinking. It's like, they, it's like, man, as we have to, it's like, you think I, I I'm going to say that Buffer had, you know, wasn't paying attention. He was like, as long as I'm getting paid, I'll say ready to rumble for anything. <laughs> And that became apparent after a while. Uh, Scott Steiner takes something from a fan and smashes it over DDP's head. And then he pie faces that fan. That fan was Paul London. Did hmm. Did you notice that? I did. Well, I mean, I didn't notice it then, but I know now. But yeah. Well, yeah. At that time, I think Paul London was like probably training in Texas to be a wrestler. Texas. Uh, but both men get busted open. Uh, DDP finally hits the diamond cutter, but Rick Steiner pulls the ref out of the ring. Scott blasts DDP with a world title, and uh, right but that's not belt. <laughs> but that's not enough. DDP is pouring blood. Scott uh, can't put DDP away, so he beats him up with a lead pipe, a gigantic effing lead pipe that I have no idea where he got it. Oh, uh, but then, yeah, I guess that lead pipes are us, dude. Oh well, yeah, that's true. He go, he goes in the extra large section, you know, because everything's got to be extra beefy for Big Papa Pump. Oh, good lord. <laughs> but he uh, he beats him up with a lead pipe and he locks in the Steiner recliner. DDP passes out. Steiner wins it. I will say it was extremely overbooked and all of Steiner's title matches had a crap ton of shenanigans, but I liked it. Uh, Uncle Dave gave it three and a half stars. I gave it an even three stars. What say you? I gave it two. It was fine. You know, like I've, a... I've seen way better between these two. Oh, well, yeah, but. I don't know. Like I said, tons of shenanigans, you know, had to do that. But uh, it was it was fine. Uh, you know, brawling throughout the arena gave they tried to give the fans their money's worth. I'll say that. Give the people what they want. But after the match, Scott and Rick Steiner drape a University of Michigan flag over DDP's body. Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah, I'm not going to make the joke I want to make. I, I'm trying to keep it clean. But anyway. Uh, and then Scott beats DDP up some more with his lead pipe. He's got to make sure he's good and dead. <laughs> that is the end of Greed. 
We're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to go into the final ratings and what is to come in the following weeks here on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. It's the very best of professional wrestling's past every Monday on Retro Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Troy, and together we'll hop on my time-traveling wrestling ring and watch along to the greatest matches from yesteryear in the sport of kings. As complex, as controversial, and as brilliant, really, as he is. On Triple R, we'll cover matches from across the world, including American territories, Canada, Mexico, and Japan. Fast action, lots more than that. You'll learn some things, find out about wrestlers and matches you never even knew about, and we'll have some laughs. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Retro Wrestling Pod. Retro Wrestling Review is available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube, served up fresh every Monday morning. Unbelievable! The crowd! Absolutely stunned! No one really tries to be unsafe online. Enter a dress for free tater tots. But every time you give up info and privacy... So I gave your birth date for free parking. That's how I got this robe. You may give up some safety too. Norton 360 with LifeLock has device security, a VPN for online privacy, and identity theft protection, all in one. No one can prevent all cybercrime or identity theft, but you can save 25% or more off your first year. Opt into cyber safety at norton.com news. The been thinking about McDonald's all day can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. All right. Final break is over. And now, final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gives this 6.2 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 6.75 out of 10. I actually gave it a 7 out of 10. What say you? I think I'm right there with you. I said C-. minus. Yeah, I, I mean, it wasn't amazing, but it was a really good show, I thought. Uh, it had some high points to it. It was enough to keep me intrigued. There was some stuff I feel like should have just been on a nitro, and they shouldn't have hoisted this on to people for money. But, you know, it, it is what it is. I mean, it's not going to be perfect. They, they got 50,000 suckers. <laughs> right. Uh, not you. <laughs> I mean, you watch it, but you didn't have to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Uh, but anyway, that uh, that does it for that, man. That is Greed 2001, WCW's final pay-per-view ever. And we are 20 years removed. Nuts, man. Just absolutely nuts. But next week, we are also, we're also going 20 years in the past for this one. We are building up to WrestleMania next month in April. So building up, we always cover WrestleMania. We're going to always cover WrestleManias in March. And this one is possibly the best WrestleMania ever. I know you don't necessarily agree, but you're covering WrestleMania 17. 
or X7, whatever the hell you want to call it. This was from April of 2001. This was post-WCW shutdown. Lots and lots to talk about on this show. I've already put together the show notes. It's going to be a big one. That's all I got to say. It's going to be good. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to just all the shows we have going on for the rest of the month. Very excited about it. Uh, I forgot to mention at the top of the show, by the way, obviously Greg is not Jacob Grandi, and this is not ECW. So scheduling conflicts or whatnot, we're going to try to get Jacob on the show. We have moved. Uh, we switched around greed and living dangerously. So in two weeks, we're hoping yeah, to get that Jacob. crap is living dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> well, in two weeks, I'm hoping to get uh, Jacob here on the podcast so we can cover uh, living dangerously 2000. But man, I'll tell you what, for the rest of the month, that that's the only show where I'm like, mm, I don't, I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment. But we've got some TNA from 2007. We've got two more WrestleManias coming. I'm excited. This is this is going to be a great month of content here on the podcast. If I do say so myself. If you will. If you will. Uh, but yeah, so everybody tune in next week for that. Uh, one more time, if you're not listening to us on the Unhinged Sports Network, go to unhingedsn.airtime.pro. Play every Wednesday live at 8 o'clock Eastern. And if you miss us, the replay tomorrow, Thursday, is at 6 p.m. Eastern. And subscribe to Fubo TV and Fanatics. The links are in the podcast description here, so click on them. And I will try to start working them into the YouTube videos as well. And please like, subscribe, leave feedback, all that good stuff. And thank you for joining me today, Greg. Mm -hmm. We will see you all next week with WrestleMania X7 from the year 2001. Been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.